Perfecto and More Perfect Podcast. Today. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> My crappy Mexican accent is not working. Hello and welcome to a more perfect podcast. Today I have my third guest. His name is Gavin and he is a fellow Republican uh, friend of mine and he is also a co-worker and he's also going to be a firefighter. So we'll address all those things and more in this podcast. Um, he's a very interesting dude. Um, he's a pretty, pretty cool guy. But today we're going to be discussing this documentary that him and I both watched the other day. It's called Cartel Land. And it's free on Amazon Prime Video. And it depicts the struggles of a vigilante group called the Autodefensas and their leader, El Doctor, or Jose Morales. And it's set in Michoacan. Um, Michoacan, yeah. Yeah, Michoacan, Mexico. And it also focuses at the same time on Tim Naylor Foley. Um, Naylor being his nickname, be a pretty awesome middle name too, but uh, Tim Naylor Foley. And he ran a group called the Arizona Border Recon. Yeah. So two vigilante groups, same purpose, fight the cartels, um, kill, the, kill the bad guys, kill the drug smugglers. And it goes into how gray the border is. And gray meaning the situation between right and wrong, black and white. Just how murky it all was down there. So, Gavin, why don't you tell us about that documentary, about what the cartels did? Well, thank you, Dylan. Well, first of all, I just want to say it's an honor being on this podcast. I've oh, been yeah. listening to the past few episodes. Pretty cool. Really professional setup. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, about cartel land. Um, or as on our bar, we have cart hell land, like hell, as in <laughs> yeah, you're going yeah. to hell. Um, it's, it's, a great, <laughs> it's a great documentary, honestly. You got to watch it at some point in your life if you're more interested in knowing about what the real reality is of like border patrol or, you know, what the situation is like going on in Mexico, dealing with the cartel and the government and the people. It's really interesting. I would recommend it to anyone interested. So, I mean... It's so good. It's it was nominated for an Oscar, right? We yeah, did definitely. some we did some research on it, and like I could see why it would be nominated for an Oscar with yeah. all that raw footage, and also had like a like a R rated rating or an NC seventeen rating. It was it was R. It was R. Um, yeah, it's it, it it's funny. So in my in my mind, there's there's two types of R rated movies or R rated um, films yeah. uh, productions. You could say. Um, there's R and then there's R for a reason. Yeah. This is this is the latter. This is R for a reason. Absolutely. Before we go into that, it was the same people. It was the same producer that did the movie Zero Dark Thirty and another film. I forget the name of that, but Zero Dark Thirty it was about Osama bin Laden, and that won a whole bunch of freaking awards at, at the Oscars. Oh, it yeah. was so good. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, I believe, was also a Steven Spielberg. He he helped that nice. happen. Um, it's very uh, another insanely good movie. It's about the CIA agent who tracked down Osama bin Laden and how he how he killed him. Gavin. So in this documentary, it obviously goes to cartels. Um, what kinds of things did the cartels do to the people of Michoacan, Mexico? Well, the cartel are animals. They are monsters. They are. Those things that live under your bed at night. They, mm -hmm. You check for monsters under the bed. They're, they are scary. It's, and they're still like going to this day, just yep. to cartel. I mean, you got like the Knights Templars and you got like, what was the other group? 
Modern uh, Prince and Shirt, but I honestly, I did recognize the Knights Templars at yes. first. They um, were the main cartel in yeah, the documentary. The main cartel that like ran kind of, kind of, sort of ran Mexico. It was oh yes, it was it was the Knights Templar and the and the Viagras. Yeah, let's say uh, the cartel. They have a fetish for just manslaughter. They mm-hmm. are absolutely atrocious people. They you know they kill people. They smuggle people, rape people, smuggle drugs. Like, these guys are, like, the worst of the worst. You do not want to mess with any of these guys because they will, honestly... Find you and kill you. They will find you and rape you, probably rape your family while you're in the meantime, and then kill your family, chop them up into little pieces, make you traumatized, and then probably kill you because that's how, that's how they want to send a message. They, they will just... They don't care. They don't care what happens... Because they're just still going to thrive on. They're going to get more members, and they're just going to do even worse stuff. They went into some very specific um, stories and like testimonies from family members in the neighborhoods of Michoacan, Mexico. Um, th- there was a woman that, that had a very just wrenching, heart-wrenching story about very sad. The, the cartels. Do you want to tell us about that? Okay, so this lady, uh, she was like, I think she was kidnapped by the cartel or on a smuggle. I'm not 100% sure. I have to probably go back and watch it, but she was most likely kidnapped. Uh, and I think they kidnapped her either friends or family as well. And they, I don't know, they taunted her and they started cutting up her friends and family. Yeah, right and, in front of her. Right in front of her. And just like, they were laughing. They're, now, these cartels are monsters. They're just laughing. They're acting like that. Like, this is all fun in the game. Sh- like, shits and giggles and all that stuff. They think it's a joke. Yep. And it's just very, very sad. And they, I think she quoted, uh, after they cut off her family and friends into like pieces and stuff, they threw them into like a pit, like where just like you know, body parts in just a hole in the ground. And as a, I don't know, I, I'm not sure if it was into antagonize her or as a joke, but they threw her along in the pit as well with all the body parts, like of yeah. all her family members, like, you know, uh, all in all, I think, I think they said that the cartel, well, she overheard the cartel talking about um, how they don't have to kill her, how she's just going to be traumatized for the rest of her life, and yep. she's never going to let this down. She's going to be so scared, and like she won't be able to do a thing about it because she's going to be living her whole life in fear because you know we'll be still be around. Yeah, and yeah. it was they, very, they 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 left her to go insane. Yeah, very very sad. So like. Not only will they mess with you like physically, they'll mess with you psychologically. Obviously, that's, yeah. Ha- that's how they can be monsters mm-hmm. for the mind. And it went to, and it, it wasn't just testimonials; it was pictures too. They showed heads on pikes in the middle of the street. Heads they had, in the middle of the streets. They showed. I showed. I think they showed one dead guy. He was just. Mm-hmm. I think he got like shot. Multiple. Yeah, multiple dead guys. They got shot, and they're just their lifeless bodies are in the street, covered in blood. Yeah. Uh, they showed the blood. They didn't hold back. They did not hold back on the violence and gore. They yep. they went all out. Yeah, they they showed how it really was. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's kind of frightening to me because I know this was edited. So like the stuff that they ed- they had to edit out. Yeah. Oh man. The, like the I stuff, can't even imagine the stuff that they probably had to edit in post was probably so graphic. Like they probably can't put this on. We can't put this on television if like Mm-mm. if like honestly. Yeah, not that they would, you know, let it go on television because it goes against the narrative but, of the day. But, but we, we don't, you know. we don't want to like scare people or traumatize people into watching this film. 
We would advise you, it's not for the faint of heart. It's, like I said earlier, R for a reason. R for a reason. Um, so these, these cartels, so what eventually happened at the end? You have the auto defenses. Yeah. You have a few different players. Going through those players, we have the Tim Naylor fully. Yeah. It doesn't really focus on him. It more focuses it on... It more focuses on the auto defenses and, no, El Doctor. Yeah. yeah. El Doctor and his quest to reclaim Michoacan from the Knights Templar cartel. Well, eventually near the end, he... What is he? Getting a plane crash? Yeah. Like, uh, towards the end... Um, I'm not sure if he's like traveling for something, but he gets in a plane and the plane crashes in the movie and he gets paralyzed like from his face, like half of his face gets paralyzed and like he like limps when he walks. Yep. But when he was talking about it after the plane crash, after like getting out of the hospital and talking about it on camera, I think he mentioned how it was probably a possible assassination attempt by mm -hmm. the cartel. I mean, it could have been the possibility of many things. Maybe it was just just another plane crash. Maybe engine maybe. failure. Engine failure. Oh no, yeah. we lost some ground yeah, or birds, something. Birds. Like I don't that. know. It could be possibly could be, anything, yeah. but like it, it led me on and it gave me this fascinating idea of like, what, man, if the Knights Templar would like go on to do such a thing as to like crash a plane just to take down the leader yeah like you will know how hardcore these guys go to like yeah, they, these guys will go to any length they will push themselves to the limit oh my god i wouldn't put it under them to say if you were in a vigilante movement if you ran a vigilante movement against them they would just blow up the foundation of your office building cause it to collapse and just kill everyone inside just to kill you they they don't regard human life just like a lot of villains yeah. in today's day and age you know you got um, you got China. They they don't regard human life at all. You know they they're very evil, very evil regime. Um, so if and also if there's not another episode after this, it's you know because I said that um, <laughs> we both got killed by the cartel. Yes, yes, the cartel. Um, but they they just don't regard human life, and it's it's a very big problem. Getting back to the documentary, he gets in a plane crash, and then he's in the hospital. And while he's in the hospital, the auto defenses they they join up with the government right i think so yeah yeah they join up with the government problem well because you think oh well you know they're joining up with the government that, that's a good thing right wrong wrong um government is just as corrupt as the cartel yep government might as well be a cartel Honestly. i mean they're they're con they're controlled by the cartels funded by the cartels nothing is nothing is good all the way up to the president of mexico probably even now as we speak probably it's totally corrupted everything's corrupted and you know, that's why the vigilante movements had the form, is because, hey, if the government will protect us, if no one will protect you, then who will? If, if, there's, men in, if there's men on your doorstep with guns threatening your family, what, what would you do? Yeah. And the answer is exactly what these guys are freaking doing, fight back. Getting you guns. Know? Yeah, there's, there's a quote there that says, you know, we have, we have two ways. So we have two ways of dying. We have, we can lay down and die or we can die fighting. And, yeah. and they're like, we chose to die fighting. And that's how Absolutely. pretty much the documentary opens up. And it's just, it's very sad. But what happened was the auto defenses, they became a cartel themselves and they, they joined the government. A few different things happened at once. They joined the government cartels. They started inviting cartel members into their, ranks because the cartel members knew how to cheat you know and steal and kill yeah way better than the auto defenses did you know they knew the ways of the road pretty much and cartels started branching off from the auto defenses 
and they became the very thing they were fighting against. You know, their leader, he started cheating on his family. He started yeah, he was, he was like, hooking up with that one chick in, like, in the mm-hmm. car. Like, that one, he was, like, touching her. He was like, oh, you're so pretty. He's, like, kissing yep. her hand. I'm like, I, I was, like, lost for a second. Like, wait, doesn't this guy have, like, a wife or yeah, something? Yeah, he does. And he started cheating on his wife. And he got, you know, like, as the old saying goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, it's, the whole thing got corrupted and it was just very sad to see something that started off so good and so badly. Be- became the very thing sought to destroy. Yes, yes, it was very sad. Um, and you learn at the end that actually the entire time that the cartel was... So you, you have to know that, yes, the cartels are animals, but they're also, you know, some of them, I would say a minority, have moral consciousness. They don't act on it, no. obviously, um, but they do possess a, some sense of morals. You find out that some of these cartel members, these gang members, drug cooks, were giving guns, giving money, part, portions of their pay to the auto defenses just to fund them the whole time. Guns, any guns that the auto defenses had, any money that the auto defenses had, it was from the cartels. Everything ran through the cartel. They say, in the end, cartels touched one thing, one way or another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so this brings us to the present day. This documentary was in 2013, 2014. I think it was like sometime like 2014, 2015. Oh, yes, around, yes, around yes, that yes. time. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Gavin. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was 2014, 15, right before, just as Donald Trump was, was like, beginning to climb up and say, Hey, we need to wall. build a wall. wall. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was like in the very dawn of the 2016 election. Right before things started heated you know the yes. whole trump versus hillary was, sort of thing it was the dawn of a new day dawn of a new era yeah yes um so this is filmed during obama's presidency it was of, of course it's not really important who's who was president at the time because this is in mexico not in the united states yeah today we have a president who's obviously very very adamant about the border i mean he is it's his central campaign promises to build a great big wall along the u.s mexico border and today, or yesterday, or a few days ago, he has proposed a new uh, law, a new law to the immigration system. To make it uh, easier for wealthier immigrants to gain access to, like, on the green cards or citizenship. Yes. He, he wants, so he, he wants merit-based immigration systems. And it's, it's a very good thing. Yeah. Um, can, can you explain merit-based uh, immigration um, and like how it applies to like the welfare state, um, yeah, stuff like that. So what I think Trump is trying to do is he wants immigrants to come to this country and like you know live the American dream, like have have a better life if they're dealing with situations back at home. Yeah. But the problem is like when we have immigrants coming into our country, a majority of them when they come in and like you know apply for like a green card or like you know, you no no. No, just trying to stay as a permanent resident or anything yeah. like that. They rely on like welfare and you no know, food stamps or you no know, social security checks. The system, yeah, yeah, the just wel- money the, from the government. Yeah, the, the the welfare state. Yeah. Now here's the thing: like we already have as a. America by itself, we already have like a lot of like you know natural born citizens, people who've currently lived in America all their life sure. that are on like these programs, and 
I don't know, we're just becoming more of a lazier, like, country. And, like, how can we, you know, trust immigrants to not, not like, go on these certain, like, government policies, not yeah. policies, just, like, certain programs. programs, yes, and, like, not, you know, like, work, you know? Like, how can we trust them they're going to pay taxes, they're going to, you know, like, show improvement, show that they are going to be, like, obeying the law or anything like that. It's just, you can't, you can't really, like, judge a book by its cover, but you can, like, judge them based on their actions. Like, yeah. if you can tell that they're going to live a good life and they're going to, like, make a name for themselves and, like, you know, build their status as, like, you know, a citizen, g- good for you. Like, keep doing what you got to do. But if you're just going to live off of government programs and just hope for the best and, like, be lazy, sit back, relax while other people will probably working harder as you, making probably just as much, mm-hmm. like, that seems not right. Not right. It seems unfair. Yep. And he's, he's trying to get rid of the leeches on the system because yeah. these people will come in here. And um, it's, it's very important to note um, the Statue of Liberty says, give me your tired, your poor. Um, and Trump fully stands behind that. You can yeah. tell because it doesn't, this, this new memorandum, new law, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't exactly know what it is. I'm just going to call it a law Yeah, because pretty much is, <laughs> and it, it doesn't apply to certain people. So some of the things that doesn't apply to is it, it doesn't apply to people that already have a green card. So if you're currently possessing a green card in the United States, doesn't apply to you. Yeah. Um, if you apply for asylum, and or, or or you demonstrate a special need from a country, maybe I don't know South Africa, a dangerous country, Caribbean, it doesn't apply to you. Or pregnant women and children doesn't apply to you. Okay, we're not going to turn away those people. And yet, the media are still calling Trump racist language policy. It's disgusting. He's not racist. He just wants what's best for his country. And yep. like, like he said, he wants he wants people to come to this country. He wants people to feel welcome. He wants them to feel safe. But we can't just have people living off our tax dollars, just sitting back, relaxing, and just sitting on the couch, you know, eating potato chips or whatever, and just <laughs> chilling, doing nothing, watching TV. Oh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Oh, there's Trump on the news. He he got I got on his programs. You know, screw that guy. Honestly. Yeah. But if you if you're going to prove that you're going to be, you know, American citizen, you gotta like you gotta obey the law. You gotta pay taxes. You have to yeah. do all these things. Just don't be a leech. Just work hard. Work for the American dream. Like you know, save up to buy a house, buy a car. Yeah. You know, do whatever. Start a business. Do whatever you want to. Just don't. Don't be a leech. Don't rely on other people to pay for your expenses. Mm-hmm. Don't be don't be lazy. So you come from an uh, immigrant family. Yes, why, don't, do. why don't you tell us about that? Because okay. this, I guess I could call it kind of personal for you. Yeah. Um, my dad is an immigrant from a different country. Uh, I'm not going to say what, so for protection purposes. Oh, okay. Um, he came here down in the 90s mm-hmm. looking for work. He, want, he it, Back in the 90s, like, you know, it's like... You know, America was, like, still, like, you know, thriving. It was like, hey, come to America. We have all this cool stuff. Come on down. We're, like, a big old fair with, like, one of the rides and games and work and stuff. Please, please come here. Yeah. Um, and he took that opportunity. He came. He, he gathered every cent he saved up, got all his stuff, packed his bags, and moved down to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he worked from his way up. He started as a, say, like a 7-Eleven gas station attendee. Uh, I think he met my mom while he was working down south back in the 90s. Yeah. You know, they dated for a few years. They finally decided to marry. And then a few years later, they had me. Uh, then uh, I think it was like 2002, I believe so. My dad got his permanent citizenship. Uh, my dad went through the whole process of like, you know, like applying for like residency or getting a green card or... So it took him a few years to become a United States citizen. Absolutely. And, okay. it take, and the process takes a long time to do. But like when you see all these people like cut in line and, you know, they're just like, you know, they're just living in like a... They're living in secrecy and like saying that they live here and not pay taxes. Yeah. And like, you know, taking jobs. Like yeah. that's a little unfair, you know, for people who came here a long, long time ago. I guess it... Oh no, I might say it probably was a little easier back then because you know, I don't know, immigration probably wasn't really a big problem because you know. Yeah, I wouldn't I, say I would say it's heated up in the past yeah few years. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so my my family, um, I don't think it really matters. Um, just to tell what you know, countries our families and parents came from. My 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 family comes from Greece, hmm? and. My great grandfather came from just a, just a rundown version. Like he came from Greece, and we got out of Greece right before World War Two started, and they were the last boat out. We we came. We started a restaurant. He ran a very successful restaurant in New York. He started by selling flowers. Once he sold flowers enough, he was able to start a restaurant, and he 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 made it. And so it's as a legal immigrant he was in Ellis Island I mean like 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 they they came through Ellis Island I was able to see the building that my grandfather went through to come when I when I was up in New York really um, cool. I went to New York maybe last summer um, and it was just amazing and you just you you see that today sure and it's it's amazing because I think the American dream we, we wouldn't have that concept if it wasn't for immigrants. Yeah. Working your way up from the bottom to the top. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the American dream, it's, it's for Americans, too. Poor Americans can work themselves up to the top, too. But I think immigrants help build the American dream for everyone. You know, we, we are a nation of immigrants. Yeah. There's no denying that. Um, Mexican to- food, if you like Mexican food, you can thank immigrants for that. Gosh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, I personally love Mexican food, Italian food, all that. I mean, America, they're, they're awesome. founded by immigrants, you know, built up by immigrants. Yep. No, and we're Americans. We, yes. we made ourselves Americans. Immigrants made themselves Americans. Yes. And that's what Trump wants to see today. He doesn't want to see leeches. We aren't a system or we aren't, we aren't a nation of, of, of losers. We're a nation of winners. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we're, we're not a handy out. We're not like a hand me out. We're not mm-hmm. like, we're not. A country of beggars. We're a country of like of no, choosers. Of choosers and op, no opportunists. You know. Yes. Yes. We're we're a country where you know you, you can come over, you can start a business, and you can work your way up, like your family did, and like my family did, and now you know we're able to sit here and record a podcast because because of what those people did, and the the things that they they came here to to do, and the countries that they came from. And it's just amazing to see that. And that's what Trump is trying to promote. He's trying to say, if you want to come here, you need to come here with a plan, Stan. Okay? Yeah. Um, and legally, too. Legally, too, yes. But, hey, 
He's a racist. Um, so don't <laughs> don't don't forget that, people. Um, you're orange man in chief, okay? It's a racist. Chief um, Cheeto. Chief Cheeto, yes. <laughs> um, so so kind of jumping back to the border here. So we have border patrol agents. We have the ICE. Um, obviously, the border patrol themselves. You know, maybe some vigilante groups thrown in there. You, as I mentioned earlier, very beginning of the podcast, you want to be a firefighter yes so you kind of have um some training with emergency services and you know firefighter academy can you can you tell us about that can you like like what is what is uh some interesting things that you found out when you were being trained as a firefighter well i found out it wasn't easy (laughs) yeah it's not just sitting back in video games and waiting for you know stuff to happen it's actually hard work these guys are lifesavers. They work very hard. I have the utmost respect for firefighters because they're not just, you know, firefighters. There's also emergency medical service as well. Most, from what I've learned in the fire academy, most of the calls that they do get are medical related, you know, because like you say, oh, old lady Susan fell down the stairs or Tommy broke his leg on the swing set or whatever. It's yeah. mostly medical service. It's honestly rare when they deal with a house fire. And when they do, they say it's like the most fun that they ever had. It's like, it's like they're in the action and like, no, but it is serious work though. Um, I don't know. I started wanting to be a firefighter back in like 2018, something like that. I was, I was like, I was graduating high school. I didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, I was thinking doing military, but I, I don't know what my mom would think of that though. Yeah. She would probably scared to death. Yeah. But, and then I was like, huh, maybe I could be a firefighter. And I was just like thinking, just like some you know, careers at the top of my head that I think would I would find interest in. Yeah. And firefighter being one of them, and I, was, and I, I don't know, I talked with some people, I talked with some of my friends from, from my mom, and you know, they told me all about this stuff, and you should do this and do that, and you have all these benefits, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not looking at this, I'll give this a shot. Yeah. So I gave it a shot, I started in January, and it ended all the way to June of this year. Okay. And, oh my god, it was the hardest six months of my life. I will tell wow. you what. Uh, it is not a walk in the park. You are really thrown out there. Really thrown out there. If you are, if you're coming to the fire service and you're joining the fire academy, and you think it's just going to be lectures and learning more about fires, <laughs> you couldn't be more wrong. Couldn't be more wrong. It is probably most hands on I ever been with a single course in my entire life. I've touched so much equipment, so much tools. I've learned so much about fire trucks and, you know, how fires start and, like, you know, different types of fires and, you know, structures and everything a firefighter should know. And yeah, it, it was a lot of information to take in. It was really stressful because we had to go over so much in such a little amount of time. They just, uh, do, sure. do, do, do specify what's, what's, what's one of the things that, that you learned there, like, like an, an interesting thing that, that they told you about? Oh, uh, okay. Um, what I told, what they told me, which was, I thought was really weird, was, was also really interesting too, that, um, mm. they were handing out, uh, in the next few years or so, I think they're handing like bulletproof vests to like, uh, EMT and firefighters and all that stuff. Uh, like. I don't under. I, I asked them like why. Like most of the class, even asked why. You're like, yo, why are we getting bulletproof vests? We already have this heavy as gear on, and like mm. we're just walking around if we're setting out fires and stuff. Apparently, there have been recent like 
shootings over across the country where you know crazy people just shoot firefighters and Whoa. EMT like people drive ambulance and stuff like right like we're here to help you we're not here like, to get shot at you know if you have a fire and you're just shooting at us from your front porch good luck with the insurance but when your house burns to the damn ground yeah but it's when I found out that like firefighters and EMTs were like getting shot at it blew my mind because like because we're here to help people. But, like, police, like, it's a whole different story. Like, they're here to help people, but their lives are, like, they put their lives on the line. And, like, it's more dangerous because, like, you no, know, there's bigger threats out there. But, like, for us, like, you no know, emergency medical services, like, what? Yeah. We don't... Who like, shoots at firefighters? I mean, come on. Like, we... Like, EMTs and firefighters work so hard to, like, save people's lives and protect their community. And just to be shot at by, like... A coward with a gun it's absolutely insane um yeah in my opinion should going to the point on like crazy people with guns shooting firefighters or whatever yes should i think that firefighters should carry or like at least have some sort of protection in the truck like like carry a shotgun maybe or a shotgun or like a small handgun maybe most likely depends on like the situation but like i would say so I would say so too, because like, well, I don't want like good like hardworking people to get shot over something over as stupid as a crazy person. Absolutely, absolutely, and it, it just it just boils my blood just to know that there are people out there who would literally just shoot kill, firefighters, kill people who help other people. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm assuming your your ultimate goal is is to become a firefighter. Yes, um, absolutely. I'm currently in EMT school right now. Uh, had orientation today. That was a blast. Got to see all my fire academy buddies. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was good. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, just the goal is just to keep moving forward with my career. Maybe I might go into paramedic school sometime in the next few years. But I'm pretty sure after EMT school is over, I'm gonna start looking for a job across as a firefighter. Yeah, man. Um, that, that dude, that sounds awesome. I mean. I'm I'm going into uh, computer security, cybersecurity myself. So, um, but that is that is a real that is just an, such a amazing field. You know, like like we we really rely on people like like firefighters and, and policemen to just keep us safe. You know, every single day. Otherwise, you know, like towns might burn down. Um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of essential. So that that I guess that pretty much wraps up um, this episode of. Uh, the podcast. Um, I I really hope that I can have you on again, man. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I would like to be on again. I mean, if, if if whatever happens, happens, right? Yeah, we are. Whatever happens, happens. You know, we'll, we'll have to see what the news cycle does. Um, obviously, if it takes a downturn, then we'll yeah. just have to talk about that. But it was really nice having you on. Yeah, thank you for having me on, my dude. It's really cool. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and if you if you want to see you know more guests in the future, or if you want to see basically more episodes in the future. Please give us a five-star rating. Um, subscribe to us. I know you can subscribe or like follow on Spotify and iTunes and SoundCloud. You know we're on basically wherever podcasts are streamed. You can you can find us at a more perfect podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Um, more episodes coming in the future. I I hope you like this one and have a more perfect day.